and welcome to a star to steer by. I thought this would be movie phone again, but you've done that one already. I did. That was just, I don't know what that was. <laughs> this is episode 54. Woo! In which we'll be discussing the best <laughs> Star Trek movie. Arguably. Arguably. Subjectively. Uh, by only Shatner. Yeah, we're talking about Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, which was so final that they had to make another movie. (laughs) (laughs) Thank goodness. Um, Imagine if they actually ended on this one. Yeah, that'd be rough. Well, luckily TNG was starting, so they're fine. It already started. Yeah, it already started. Yeah, you can tell from the corridors and the transporter bay. But anyway, my name is Jake, and I'm joined by... Chris. Ames. And Caitlin. Wonderful. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so let's do a very quick sort of rundown of Star Trek V, the movie that's almost less sensical than a nonsense movie. How sharp a serpent's tooth. Yes. But uh, not Bem. Bem I still think is worse. Oh, no, Bem is the worst Star Trek thing ever. Fuck yeah. Bem. Guys, yeah. the, 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 the animated I... series has made this seem palatable. Pa- palatable. I would agree that's with true. that. Is it palatable? Palatable. Palatable. Son of a bitch! I've been saying palatable my whole life. No one has corrected me? Oh my god, Fuck everyone. I thought you were making 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 a joke. No, I'm saying it all the fucking time. (laughs) No, you know why? Right, I know that, but sometimes like words aren't pronounced the way they look. Like you wouldn't pronounce magic magic, like magi. Or the magics of Megas 2. Also probably worse than this movie. So, in Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, it's the only of one of the movies, I think, with a cold open, which is interesting. I do like cold open yeah. better than... It looks pretty hot on that desert planet. It, it was really hot. It was like 110 degrees in, where were they, Yosemite or some shit? It was also the first movie with Voldemort mm. in it. That's true. I think it's the first one with a cold open until we get to the Kelvin timeline. Yeah, that's true. So, we, we, find, we are on Nim- the planet Nimbus Three, the planet of universal peace. You know, throughout the film, we learn that this is a, a planet that was set up by the Federation, the Romulans, and the Klingons to like co-develop this planet. It's like it's basically an Olympic village because it <laughs> oh, started like it started out pretty nice and then it turned to shit because everyone's Cause everybody, banging. All yeah, the time. everybody has STDs now. Yeah, and, exactly, and can't jump over the fucking high bar anymore. Too yeah. busy to fuck. Too busy fucking to uh, clean up the grounds. Yep. <laughs> like like really, this is like you know the Athens Olympic venues at this point. Yikes. <laughs> It's the Australia of space. Yes. So it's a shithole planet. Mares is there stripping. It's weird. And she's got Eric's extra arm as a second, I mean, third titty. Yeah, exactly. Look good on But anyway, <laughs> this shithole planet, this dude, Cybok, shows up. He's like, I'm going to take your pain away. Everyone joins his stupid little cult. And then he takes people hostage, but they're not really hostage because they've joined his cult. But he's trying to lure a starship there. And, you know, lo and behold, the Enterprise is the chosen ship because, you know, it's not... We need Jim Kirk for this. For once, it's not you're the only starship in range. It's we need Jim Kirk specifically. Mm, that's true. All the other experienced commanders were dead or something. You're right. Yeah, no, we need the experience. Well, as I pointed out, though, if we accept that a lot of people may have died in four... Because of... Well, that's true, yeah. So, honestly, a lot of commanders might be dead from the woobwobs. Whale probe. 
So anyway, the Enterprise goes out to check out the situation. They stage this really weirdly elaborate... Oh, because the fucking movie needlessly makes the ship broken the whole time, so they can never use the transporters until the very end, and then they can only sort of use it. So stupid, needless, more... The Enterprise is a shitbox bullshit. Well, I mean, we'll get to this, but it's not needless. It's just the whole film wouldn't have worked if the oh, ship... Oh, well, yeah, exactly. It's, it's but total, we'll get to that. total for plot convenience. The Enterprise doesn't work, so they have to... So instead of just beaming the hostages out, they have to go down in a shuttle, steal some unicorns, and <laughs> invade the city on horseback, and it's just so garbage. And then, and fan dance, and... Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> the fan dance was a lot more provocative than I remember. It was. Was she, she actually naked? naked under there? I think she, she might looked, have been. Well, we definitely got a look of some fucking thigh, up, up high thigh, yeah, so... thigh high. Was Roddenberry involved in this film? But, can I really quickly? You said everything's broken... It's not without precedent, because in as I just was reminded when we were watching The Wrath of Khan, Kirk says to Scotty or whomever, like, I'm sick of getting a lot of shit about my ship being a rust bucket of bolts piece of that's shit. That's true. Well, he's so, death trap, but that's just because Jim Kirk is a careless commander, not because of the ship. Well, but, know. you know, we already had the, the movie with the Enterprise being broken the whole movie. What, TMP? Yeah. Mm. So we don't need that again. Shh, we don't talk about that. Um, but anyway, so that's the thing. So they get the planet. They think they've rescued the hostages, but oh shit, Cybok! No, he's actually seduced them all into his cult, and he's actually Spock's brother and we're half gonna, brother, half brother technically. <laughs> And, well, now we're going to go to the ship, and he's going to take control of the ship and put Kirk and Spock and McCoy in the brig, and then he's going to take McCoy's pain. And then he's, Poor McCoy. And then, and then we reveal that we're going to the planet beyond the galactic barrier, but not the, galact, not the, not the galactic barrier at the outside of the galaxy that we've gone through before with uh, what's-his-fuck and ESP land. No, this is the other barrier at the center of the galaxy. Apparently the, the galaxy's a fucking donut with barriers <laughs> around the edge mm. in the center. So we're going to go to that that delicious Cream Dunkin' filling. Donuts <laughs> munchkin in the center. Uh, like we did in Magics of Magus 2. Yep. And, the yeah. sa- and we found the same fucking weirdo there. And we found the same weirdo. <laughs> it's probably the same guy. Everybody just forgot. Uh, we're going to the planet Shakari. We get there and there's no Shakira and everyone's really disappointed. <laughs> it turns out that it's just an, a weird entity who claims to be God and we're gonna he but he needs a starship to fly his consciousness beyond the barrier because it turns out that he's actually like in a prison he's been imprisoned there probably because he's like a dick so cybok realizes the error of his ways and sacrifices himself so the others can escape and the klingons are there and just it fucking sucks okay that's all you need to know it's just not good i'm telling you man I didn't hate it that much this time. Yeah, oh, I didn't no. hate it. That I'm much. embarrassed it's, it's, by how much I didn't hate it. It's bad. <laughs> it has every like everything is flawed, but it's not like like every time we talked about it in the past, we're like, ugh, we have to like wade through f- five again and like drill holes in our brain so that we can survive it. It's survivable. <laughs> it's not like it was it's better TAS than, or like other rough. bad oh, movies. Oh, that's a thing. Definitely better than TAS. I would pause it better than the motion picture. I would go that far. I don't know. No. Uh, I would. I would go that far. I mean, like, like, let's, we, I think we have to quantify goodness in this sense because the problems with... I would say this with the motion picture, or uh, of Star Trek V. Of the films, aside from the motion picture, of the other films, it is probably the closest we would get to 
an original series episode in terms of the storyline, mm. right? Because it's right. like we're it's you know we're we're going to the unknown. And I like, mean, it's and, it's way to Eden slash Megas two slash what was the first animated series one where they where they find that being uh, trapped in a in a ship? Oh, honey, beyond the farthest star, maybe. I think it was that. Planet like is missing. That. I don't know. No, it was the one of the, like, interconnected, like, anthills, whatever. Yeah, I think that was beyond the far. Well, and they they took over the Enterprise really, really easily, which is very much a TOS move. Hmm. Yeah. And, like, for, honestly, I will say this for the movie, there's probably about five to seven minutes of the film where you're actually, like, ooh, this is, oh, the wonder of exploration, oh. And it's, like, from the time of the, give me your pain, to the time that they land on Shakari, it's like, okay, this could be cool. Because they go through the barrier and boom, the music, there was a real, the score was pretty good the score for this was movie. good, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they recycled a bunch from the motion picture because I think it was the same. It was, it was Jerry Goldsmith again. Yeah, I misspoke when I said he wasn't doing, doesn't do another TOS I film. thought it was James Horner. No, Horner was uh, just two and three. Yeah. Oh, why did I think that? All right. Sorry, um, my bad. So yeah, so we recycle some music, but we also there's some new themes. Like I thought that that Shakari theme was pretty cool, mm. but other than that, it's just such it's just so stupid and boring. And like everything, things that should take one scene, one sentence in a scene to explain, take half the fucking movie. Like what? Like everything Spock on... having a brother. Everything oh, on yeah. Nimbus 3. I started call, calling that Xbox... Uh, what did I say? Xbox. Xboxition. Yeah. Xboxition, I like that. Yeah, like everything that happened on Nimbus 3, the whole... I swear that you you could have just had the the transporters broke. Like that, you could... like there, there was no need to spend the first 15 minutes of the movie talking about how, you know, having Scotty... Oh, no! Shit! And yeah, but then we'd lose the beautiful moment between he and Uhura, and I love their love so much. Do you? It came also, out of nowhere. Yeah, the oh, I love it. Scotty Uhura love romance subplot out of nowhere that's gone by the next movie. I like it though. Like it makes sense. They're alone together in space all the time. Kirk's too much of a man whore to settle for one person. Spock is asexual, as far as I can tell. Uhura's too good for Chekhov. <laughs> and besides, from this film, I'm pretty sure Chekhov and Sulu. Maybe. Maybe, you know? Well, they wanted that Klingon. They wanted that, that Klingon broad there. That oh, was the just wildly That was creepy. Staring at her ass like well longer than HR would consider. She has wonderful legal. muscles. It's like, guys, be mm. fucking adults. That was gross. It was gross. Mm. That Romulan chick had nice hair. Yeah, she had that like boner hair in the back. <laughs> yeah. She was a terrible actor. I thought she was a Klingon. There was, there was a Klingon and then there was a Romulan. And they both had boner hair. Oh, there was a Romulan had boner hair as well? She did. She had the bigger boner. Oh. Well, that's, you know, that's not the only thing that matters. Mm. Size is not important. Man, no, the, the Romulan was terrible. She was very stiff. Yeah. The, Not just her hair. Who's the Romulan? She was Caitlin, a, the woman who Caitlin you hated Dar. as an actor. She's a Terran. No, she no, was she the Romulan. Romulan. Oh, David, David Warner was, was the, the Terran. Terran. Oh, I'm an idiot. The thing is, admittedly, if you miss the introduction, you would never be able to tell because she wears this stupid headdress that always hides her ears. And her eyeliner is such... Not eyeliner. Her eyeshadow is such that you might not realize her eyebrows are pointed. Yeah, I had no idea. They were like doing their best to make it vague that she was a Romulan. 
Plus, she had a human name. But why? Why would you? Why would we make it vague that she's a Romulan? If the point is they're dignitaries from all of these different governments or whatever, like why would you not want to just be front and center with her being a Romulan? Well, since the budget was obviously non-existent, they didn't feel like dealing with making her ears. Well, let's be real. Would you give Shatner a good budget for this piece of shit film? So, interesting. Uh, speaking of Shatner, so this was the Shatner-directed film and written. Well, did he write it alone or did he have help? He wrote the story, the story himself. Ugh. But here's the thing, right? So first of all, it's already a vanity project yeah. for Shatner. Yeah. Secondly, it was a contractually obligated. Yep. Right, because because, because Nimoy got to do his directing. Right. So there was apparently some deal worked out in Shatner's contract where anything that Nimoy got to do, he also got to do, and, and vice versa. versa. Yeah. Which made it really weird when, you know, Shatner showed up at the Nimoy household one night at, like, 3 a.m. being like, where is your wife? I'm drunk. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Gross. That's, that's a thing that happened. Why didn't Bones get in on that deal? Because uh, I would like to see the, the DeForest Kelly-directed film. I like to imagine that Dr. McCoy just is DeForest Kelly and that he would just be too goddamn crabby to yeah. do it. I imagine he gives no fucks. Yes. Man gives zero fucks. He certainly gives a fuck about bourbon beans. <laughs> and gym climbing mountains. And marshmallows. Aww. Marshmallows. No okay. matter what, he's endearing. And his coat was great. I, so I love how lazy they got with the civilian clothing in this one. Like, the others tried to add some sort of, oh, it's futuristic flair to it. But for these scenes, like, aside from Spock's outfit, like, Kirk and Forrest Kelly... We're obviously just in their own street clothes. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Yeah, I doubt that. Shatner but... in his jeans and, like, flannel. Yeah. I also liked, I liked his, like, Go Climb oh Rock t-shirt. Oh, my God, t-shirt. I hate that. <laughs> so here's something about the camping scene that annoys me. That to no end, despite... I mean, aside from the fact that it's, like, way too fucking long. Spock knew about marshmallows because before they left, he had read up on camping activities. If Spock read the word marshmallow, he would have remembered the word marshmallow. I read somewhere, and this is in, I think, a novelization, either the novelization or a novel that came out afterwards, mm-hmm. that McCoy, knowing Spock would go through the uh, through the manual or the you know the the archives, went in and changed it to marshmallows, and, wow. and just kept learning the joke. So basically, it's a dumb joke. But Bones sabotaged Wikipedia. To fuck with Spock. Mm. He would do that. That, 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 that sounds reasonable. But also, how do they not have marshmallows in the future? I don't want to be part of a future. I mean, they didn't. Marshmallows not, not, not only did they, well, they totally had marshmallows because they had a fucking marshmallow machine. Yeah. Did you see the machine? The special was dispenser. that a machine or was that like a mini, tra- like um, or a replicator? Yeah, I thought it was just a mini well, replicator. Well, it also does soft serve, Jake, okay? Well, fun <laughs> fact. Fun fact. Uh, I, Kraft Foods, I believe oh, it was. they did. Oh, and Tater Tots. Actually, Ooh, um, as a as a promotional tie-in to the movie. Oh my God, stop! Released, you could like send in UPC codes or something to get a plastic replica of Spock's marshmallow dispenser. <laughs> and like, I remember when I was a kid going to Star Trek conventions, it was like a coveted piece of kitsch, like that you could buy at vendor tables. Was like this. The craft marshmallow dispenser. God damn it, I want one. No, you don't. I, I do. Once, I once read an article from someone who actually had one. It only held three marshmallows at a time, and the third one would not come out unless you shook it, like tipped it and shook it, because the thing inside that pushed them out just actually wasn't. Yeah. I mean, it's a cheap plastic well. piece of 
garbage from a marshmallow box. I mean, Jake could probably make a better yeah, one in his spare time. We could probably make you one. We could probably make one that would actually replicate marshmallows. <laughs> Do it. I would love it. 3D prints them out of just pure corn syrup. Also, how rude of Spock to only roast one for himself and not offer the other guys one? It's well, you know why? Fun. He knew that the third one wouldn't come out right. So <laughs> I don't want to choose between the two people to give it to who gets mm. the marshmallows. I just figured he would... Yeah, the camping scene, although endearing, and although I like seeing the three of them riff on each other, way too long. Why not? Yeah, Yeah, a little too long. Okay, and why, how could anyone be as fucking excited about row, row, row your boat as Shatner has to pretend to be? I mean, like I said, I'm pretty sure, even though Doc has only just busted out the uh, bourbon... I'm pretty sure Doc and Kirk were already shit-faced at that point. Well, Kirk, actually, if you see the whiskey bottle before Doc hands it to him and after, Kirk takes, like, more than half the bottle, it looks like. Because right. there's very little missing, and then by the end, after he takes his pour into his cup, there's, like, a third left or something. Mm. So you might be right. Yeah. I also kind of wondered if part of that scene was not fully scripted. Because I feel like for a while the dialogue felt borderline... Improvised? or Improvised or almost too natural or something. Like they were told, all right, you eventually have to sing Row, Row, Row Your Boat and something about this. But because there's a moment where it goes from feeling like the usual Star Trek dialogue to feeling very different in a way I can't quite explain mm-hmm. eloquently. But um, And then it seems to go back to being scripted. Also, the stupid gag with Walter and Takei. And their blizzard? And the blizzard. Whoosh! <laughs> Really, don't hurt yourself, Walter. Uh, Jesus fucking hell. I thought it was kind of cute. I'm not gonna I, lie. I thought it was silly. It's it was a little silly. No, it's stupid, Needless. but I kind of thought it was cute. It's, it's Shatner trying to have the same levity and jokingness that Four had and not quite getting it right. Like when Scotty hits his head on a fucking pillar. No, also, why are those pillars doing that? No, but that's the thing. That was horrible because I was like, oh, Scotty. And then the next scene, he's like, holy shit, get him to sit. He has a fucking concussion and a five-inch, like, cut on his face. (laughs) I I, I was like, what? You can't go from, like, slapstick to fucking... Also, he should be on the run from these people so that they effectively captured him because he knocked himself out. Yeah. In a a stupid gag. I remember seeing that and just thinking, God, how fast would you actually have to be going to give yourself a concussion like that? Well, we don't know that he has a concussion. I feel like, but all I know, I, I mean, he was walking at a fairly casual pace and somehow did that to I himself. assumed he was also drunk. <laughs> well, as I told Chris, all of the edges in the new enter all of the all of the corner in the wall or the side of a column, they're all razor sharp. There was some, that's what actually happened. There was some flashing they hadn't smoothed out. Mm. So yeah. to get to the beginning, right? I have two sort of major issues. One, the super inconsistent sandstorm. Like the whole time, yeah, one there's shot. There's like suddenly a really anything. shitty filter, yeah. but it's like like in the first scene. Or yeah, where? the very first with okay. Cybok with, with, with the holes. Yeah, the, the holes man digging and holes. Cybok and Voldemort. Yeah, but yeah, like there's wind wisp whipping the whole time. But in a couple of shots, all of a sudden there's this like dense sandstorm filter, and it's like what? it was clear a second ago. What the fuck is Yo, going on? Sandstorms can kick up at any time. That's why they're called sandstorms. They're not sand all the times. They're sandstorms. <laughs> Meteorologist Caitlin is on the case. They're not called Thank sand you. all the times. So I like it. Um, uh, and the other problem, 
the, what was up with the guy's three teeth? Can we talk about his three lo- wide teeth? Dude, I told you he's Voldemort. Probably, yeah. probably he's been chewing on rocks also. Yeah, because I mean, yeah. The other issue I have, and this is something that's always annoyed me, is just, he goes, you're a Vulcan! It's like, I mean, he was right, but like, he also just as well could have been, you know, a Romulan, those guys that look just like Vulcans but have emotions, just throwing that out there. Yeah, and they already live on your planet. Yeah, like he had no reason to assume he was a Vulcan. The only reason we know he's right is because Cybok laughs and nods. Okay, that's a good point. And that I was, didn't think well, of that. that was be- and that whole thing was there just to show us like, oh, he's a Vulcan, but he's laughing. What? what? Also, why did the fucking idiot have this big shit-eating grin in his face for like five, like a wide-open Eric's mouth smile for like... 18 seconds after you're a Vulcan and his mouth just gapes open for the next two hours. Because that's the only food on that planet is shit. Is that what he was doing? Was he digging digging shit out of that litter box of the fucking planet they lived on? Maress's litter box. Yo, and also, I think the the cat stripping in the... uh, Stripping really, really boringly in the uh, most likely cantina uh, definitely (laughs) definitely uh, was Maress and she had fallen on hard times. That's exactly what I said to Russian. Maress has really fallen on hard times. it was, it was funny because Chris was like, why does she have three tits? And I was so stupid. And I was like, no, it actually makes sort of sense because like cats and dogs have way more than two nipples. Yeah, but they're that's not true. centered. No, no, that's true. There's, there's well, each, no, there's generally an, an even life. number, though. No, not always. Really? I have a dog that had like seven. Well, there's but were they, like, they were like lateral. They were yeah, down because the center. There's, because there's milk lines. Like That's like a thing in the body. If you're gonna like people like human beings who are born with extra nipples, which is a thing that does happen, mm-hmm. they are in line. Like, extra, it's not like nipples just show up elsewhere. I didn't realize that. That would be a different problem. Yeah, there's like they that's anato- a anatomically accident. nipples tend to form on two sides. You know, I don't know. She the, was born near radiation. I don't. Doesn't know. Yeah. Matt Damon have a third nipple he had to have removed or something? Or am I making that up? Yo, if you had a third nipple, why would you remove it? I just exactly. I would probably play with it all the time. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's fucked. I'm sorry. I have skin tags. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> why would you have those removed? Oh wait, because they're disgusting. No offense. No offense. <laughs> the hell were we talking about? Scrotum. We were talking. We were talking about um, Cybok and meeting up with our, with our shit eating grin friend, <laughs> and he takes his pain away. Yeah. Which I feel like could be interesting if they'd done something different with it because we see later how he took McCoy's pain away in a way that you know you actually see what the story was I think it's a little weird that you know he literally only has one thing causing him pain but I think it's a yeah, it's man just, you just hallucinate well it's not really a hallucination it's a collective hallucination yeah yeah because everybody around you also sees the same thing and it's just like your most traumatic moment it made me I, wonder what like Chekhov's or Uhura's or Sulu's were Chekhov's is definitely not being able to get a sandwich because Shatner ate it. I posited that the way he was able to do that was because Vulcans are already kind of, like, a little bit... Psychic. Psychic, whatever. Yeah. Is that right? ESP, telepathic. Yeah, I just wonder if, like, because he embraces his emotions instead of shutting them away, if he's able to access, or even without that, I would assume that, like, in a community of Vulcans, there are going to be people, some people who have better and some people who have worse like mm. capability mm. and he might just be like a hyper powerful psychic so he's well, able are, to project they, well, they even said that he was like the the best the best yeah he was supposed to be one of Vulcan's great scholars yeah he, so he maybe he unlocked some secret flushed it all down the toilet he flushed it down so he's he could like feel the, emotions like which, the yeah. 
like the Shia LaBeouf of Vulcan. <laughs> but yeah, it's also possible, you know, if he was already sort of had heightened abilities and this weird space monster somehow tapped into his mind and started communicating with him, maybe he boosted his abilities further or something. Is that the, the influence that was supposed to be happening? That, you know, critter at the center of the galaxy was reaching out to him or some shit? That's... Always the impression I had, I have no way to prove this. Well, he was seeing visions, so, yeah. like... Which he didn't think to mention until, like, ten minutes before. He's like, oh, by the way, have I mentioned I've been having visions? I'm sorry, what? I think they moved that later in the script so it could be a reveal. Mm-hmm. So, it yeah. wouldn't, it, so it wouldn't just be, like, a god thing throughout the entire script. Sure. Which is problematic, which, and which, which you know... stupid, because it makes the whole first half of the movie fucking dumb, mm-hmm. because you don't even learn the main antagonist's motivations until practically two-thirds of the movie, I would say. Well, part of the reason for that was how long the camp scene was. Well, yeah, the camp <laughs> scene was too long. Too much shit going on on Rurapente. What? Um, you know, Nimbus, Nimbus, Nimbus 3. 3, yeah. Too Which, much shit going on there. I love that, you know, the failed planet of galactic peace also has a name that just sounds, you know, like Nimbus. That sounds like something you call an idiot. Yeah. Hey, Nimbus, get over here! Isn't that Zap Brannigan's ship? It's a type of cloud. Is it? Cumulonimbus. Oh, yeah. Yes, that friend again. You're right. I didn't think of that. <laughs> Still, it just sounds like something. Yeah. Hey, Nimbus. Probably sounds like Nimrod. Mm. And or Dingus. Nimbus. Or Dingus. Yeah. The God thing. The God thing is hard. Apparently, the God, like, Shatner wrote this thing specifically after watching even, like televangelists like Jim and Tammy Faye Baker and being like, that's wrong and and but fascinating and i think that could make a great movie but he made it so, <laughs> but he know, made this one instead <laughs> originally the god at the center of the universe was actually supposed to be god and turned into the devil kind of thing so it really was magics of Megas yeah, wow. too so it really would have been satan and then the implication would still be like god is in the heart of people instead oh, of an actual thing and problematic and stuff but like so he forgot about producers Megas. and everyone else were, were, were like can it not be literal God? Because that's going to cause a lot of problems with <laughs> everyone. everyone. I, I was really hoping we would say, you know, Shatter came up with this after doing a shitload of peyote. Mm. And Roddenberry was also pissed. Roddenberry threatened legal action because I guess, like, A, he really didn't want, like, God stuff in, in the movie. And he had tried to do it a little bit on, on the motion picture to a, a, in a different vein. And they had, you know, called him out for it and would not let him do, like, God stuff himself. But now it's like, oh, I can't do it, but Shatner can badly. Fuck you guys. Well, Roddenberry, that's how bad you were. Well, that's probably you were relatively. The Shatner is relatively fine. So the special effects in this were abysmal. Really bad. And I think our first... Oh my god, the falling off the mound. Yes, I was gonna, yeah. So, like, in the wide shots, Kirk is falling just sort of, like, with his body parallel to the ground. And he's sort of just all spread out. But in the close-ups, he's going head first. Well, I think the I think I read somewhere that they actually threw a stuntman off of El Capitan on a wire. Right. And I guess it made a record for, like, highest American fall. Oh, good for them. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, that is. That's, yeah. And they actually did also... So film. Why didn't it look better? I don't. Well, because they tried to splice it with shot of of Shatner going like you know bobbing his hands up and down like a crazy person. They actually also like lowered Shatner on a wire down El Capitan and just ha- to try to get a top down look for Adam to see how big it is. And it was cloudy that day, so it didn't work. Oh. So they just threw Shatner off a mountain for no reason. Well, 
I'm sure there was a reason. <laughs> I'm sure they could think I'm sure of one. I'm sure the whole reason that scene is in the movie is because Shatner really wanted to visit El Capitan. And... He was apparently afraid of heights. <laughs> so that was a mistake. I was also, guessing. I was very much under the impression they weren't actually at Yosemite because it just looked like a Bob Ross painting in the opening. Mm. They, I think they split it up. They oh, split okay. up some scenes at Yosemite, some scenes at Paramount, some scenes were paintings. Yeah, God, and the fucking, the fake El Capitan he was climbing when it was close-ups of Kirk climbing looked really good until the light hit it just right and you could oh. tell it was plaster. Mm. Like, oh, God. The scene where he slips, you can tell it's like fake mountain. I mean, it's the whole time him and Spock are talking. Yeah. Like, the light just keeps hitting it just right that you can see that it's fucking paint. Also, what's it the way that Spock flips over to chase after the yeah, man, Kirk where it's like what? Or there is like there's a pivot well, and it's on his hips and like yeah. Well Jake that's cuz he's on a wire. Well yeah. obviously, yeah. But, <laughs> like it just it just it just looks so bad. Well, yeah, cuz you know, if you were actually hovering you'd you'd go in an arc cuz yeah. that's how your fleet, your 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 fucking rocket shoes would make you go. Yeah. If you turned, you would keep going in that direction. Well, what I liked is how when he caught Kirk at the bottom, he was fucking parallel to the ground and somehow just hovering up above instead of flying Yeah. Left. Well, see, what it is is the boots, the boots, I'm lying here, but <laughs> the boots probably create an anti-gravity field that works regardless. He just needs the rockets for direction. No, they defo don't. No, I, I know, it. I know, neither I don't do like I. It. It's just like Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... Downvote. I'm pulling something out of my Why ass. Why not simply vaporize them? <laughs> not yet. The, the scene in the fucking, in that Shaft where he's carrying yeah. both McCoy and Kirk in his arms in a way that's virtually impossible because the mm. two of them were just dangling somehow. Well, he's just very strong. He's a Vulcan. Vulcans are strong. Well, you saw you saw a cyborg like pick Kirk up, or you know. I did appreciate that that they remembered like, oh yeah, Vulcans are crazy strong, aren't they? And they actually remembered something because they sure as shit didn't remember George Kirk. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I lost a brother once, and I got him back. Your, your, your brother's alive? Yeah. But we saw him getting get eaten by the vomit monsters. It was you and a shitty mustache. Yeah, well, that, that him him forgetting his own brother's death, of course, that is... The close second is all of his crew forgetting that his brother had died. Yeah. Since a lot of them were there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you've never had a brother, Kirk. Mmm. Thanks, No, assholes. I was referencing Spock as my brother. <laughs> oh, you mean my brother? Oh, yeah, he's totally dead. He was kind of a dick, so I forgot. <sighs> McCoy and Scotty, as usual, get like the best lines in this film, in my opinion. You, of course you they do. Piss, I think, you uh, piss me off, Jim. <laughs> well, they just have such great characterization, so I think they're probably they're super easy to write for. I bet because you're just like, what would McCoy say? Something snarky. Done. So I mean, easy. William Shatner can do it. <laughs> Although Scotty really dropped the ball on this one. Why? How so? Because like he sees Cybok. And all the people pile out of the shuttle. He sees the fight. He sees them get arrested because Spock was all like, he's my brother. But, well, I can't shoot him anyway. But Scotty sees all this. And rather than, like, go, oh, fuck, and alert alert the rest of the crew, he just vanishes for a while until it's convenient for him to break them out of the unescapable brig. Brig, yeah. Well, you know, you can't, you can, you can only escape the brig if... You know Morse code. If you know Morse Yeah. What the fuck? What's the fuck with the Morse code? Like that was... Why can't you just talk on the yeah, other side stand, of the wall? Yeah. Stand the fuck back, guys! We're gonna blow up the wall! He also didn't give them very long. Like, K no. and kaboom! 
Yeah, like presuming that they definitely would know Morse code. I mean, they probably would, but yeah, but like, but they would recognize it right away. He totally could have taken somebody's head off with that. Yeah. Also, the way that the the shape of the yeah. blowout on the door was so <laughs> yeah. stupid, stupid, so bad. It was so, bad. Ames, maybe you came across this in your researches, but I feel like I read ages ago once that like part of the reason for the idiotic tone of this film was because you know four had done really well and it was basically a comedy. Mm-hmm. So the studio was like, oh, you've got to make it a comedy again. And they hadn't been planning on that, so it was all kind of forced. I don't know. But I'm not sure if that's apocryphal or... I was wondering if it's something you would come across as well. I mean, I think they were definitely trying to, like... They saw that it worked, so they were trying to, like, add in levity. Yeah. Like... I don't know. I thought a lot. I thought a lot of the levity worked. I just thought it was uh, it, there was an odd mix that was not as successful as four. Yeah, no. But yeah, you could definitely see that they were trying to channel Voyage Home because you know that's what what audiences really responded to. Right, let's talk about other things. Another major major thing that could be cut from this movie: the Klingons. So pointless. <laughs> so yeah, pointless. What so the annoying. fuck was Claw's motivation? His motivation. I want to kill Kirk because well, Kirk's. He wanted to cool. be a hero. He, he was, was going to be yeah. the greatest hero well, it's, in, it's a, in the it's Empire. It's a callback to Star Trek Three because he killed Lord Krug, <clears throat> and I don't think we even talked about that too. Why is Krug a lord? But anyway, that's that's a different movie. Because uh, he owns a lot of land. I guess so. So, <laughs> so you know, and then in Star Trek Four, you have the Klingon ambassador saying, "Oh, Kirk is the you know he invented Genesis to wipe out the Klingons." Oh, blah, blah, that's blah. right. So, Bad you know, propaganda so we know there. that so they talk about you know and they talk about the Hashtag renegade the renegade Pooh. Kirk who yeah. murdered a Klingon crew and tried to destroy the Klingon Empire with his Genesis torpedo. So probably the idea was that fuckface McGee in this movie Claw, Claw was just following up on that thing from Star Trek Four. Yeah, weren't there supposed to be like Klingon peace talks at some point? They were allegedly happening. Um, but there can be no peace during three. James Kirk right? lives. Yeah, they mention it in three and four that there's allegedly peace talks. And this well, guy's just acting been... on his own, lone gunman type. Well, as as the, whatever high ambassador Chubbs there says at the Cord? end, yeah, Cord makes claw. You know, say that it was unauthorized, just him acting under his own uh, own volition. Their ridges are weirder now too. They look like zippers. Yeah, they, they're working on it. You know what would be great? It would have been. No, good. Not. I mean, yes. Get rid of the fucking Klingon side plot in this movie that makes no sense and is pointless. Yeah. And the old. only thing we get at the end is they're the ones that kind of save Kirk from the planet. Well, but again, if the goddamn ship worked, they mm-hmm. wouldn't need to do that. Necessarily. Right. And here's the other thing too is that I feel like though that was a plot that was bolted on because somebody looked at an early cut of this movie and was like, mm. "There is zero tension in yeah. this movie. There is zero." Danger. The whole movie, it's just fucking, it's like, uh, da, da, da. there is zero tension at all in this movie. Because Cyborg never feels dangerous. No. You know. Because you know he doesn't want to hurt anybody. The guy like, know right off dangerous. The, yeah, so like, but he's not around for that. So long. they had to bolt in. Yeah, right. And then God shows up for ten minutes, <laughs> if that, of yeah. the movie, and gets blown up. And, ugh. So, like, it's almost like somebody watched that and was like, oh, man, we really need to add something that's a sense of danger to this movie. We better have... Been, oh, the Klingons, right? They, they still hate Kirk. Let's bring the Klingons back. They'll hate Kirk. But anyway, about Fatso McGee, the Klingon... <laughs> Cord? Cord. Why? You know what? They miss they're, all, they're all something McGee, and it's getting confusing, More Jake. like Cord. Well, because McGee is a very oh. common Klingon last name. <laughs> <laughs> Although, uh, on, on Kronos, it's pronounced McGee. <laughs> That's that's just where it's pronounced like in in Glasgow. No, <laughs> but no. So so the the chubby Klingon ambassador to the planet of the apes 
Um, Ambassador Chubbs. Ambassador Chubbs, yeah. So he... Um, With a K. I feel like they missed yeah. an opportunity to bring back one of the Klingons from the original series. The core. Yeah, they could have brought made it core. That would and then there would have been a pre-existing... Or Koloff, <gasps> even. With My his man dreamy Kola. eyes. His dreamy, dreamy eyes. You know, eyes. they could have brought back one of Kirk's old nemesis... Klingons. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't really ne- a nemesis of Koloth. No one could be a nemesis of Koloth. He's just too friendly. Well, yeah, yeah but Kirk fucked over Koloth twice with Tribbles. So true. I'm sure <laughs> Koloth is like... See, Koloth would have a reason to go after Kirk. That's true. That's true. Um, and so would Kor and, you know... Yeah. Kang. Yeah, so the thing else. with them, like, because we're introduced to these Klingons, like, just blowing apart space junk... Because they've apparently got nothing better to do. Oh, yeah, they blow up V'ger. They blow up V'ger. You notice that? The was f- that? I thought that was supposed it to be... It showed the um, plaque on the side, which is either on the V'ger... I thought that was... Yeah, I, I wrote that was, down that that was Pioneer. Oh, yeah, that, I think that was Oh, yeah, that's the Pioneer plaque. V'ger had the golden record. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was, a, it was an plaque. odd inclusion, yeah. but... But yeah. my thing with that, it's like... Now, I think it's something about the fact that he's, like, just has the vest and the big hair. For some reason, he just strikes me as, like... A bored teenager who somehow got his hands on a captaincy. Mm. Like, the whole crew, they just come off as kind of young and bored. And it's just like, this is our threat? Mm. <laughs> these these dipshits? I'm sure in the beta canon, he's like a, a nephew in the Duras family. Oh, God, bro. That would make sense. Everything has to connect. Yep. <sighs> but yeah, the, the ship not working. Again, we, were, we started talking a little earlier, but is just for the sake of the fact that the whole film falls apart otherwise. Well, because the whole film is based on we can't use the transporter. Yeah. That is the that is the plot of the movie is we can't use the transporter yep. and we need to go places. You know what I liked was was Sulu manually shuttling the shuttle in without yeah. whatever the fuck and having to use what was it, the barricade to to stop yeah. himself? That was fun. That had tension. Yeah. Yeah. Although I will say the fact that they had this emergency. But again, it, it only, but it was only because the Klingons were gonna shoot them. If oh, the Klingons weren't the Klingons there, there wouldn't have been the tension. Yeah, yeah. I still don't know how Sulu had ever manually done that before. He's a fucking professional. Was that not on his fucking driver's well, the test? Thing too is like how is it like super fucking hard to pilot a shuttlecraft into the shuttle? Well, bay? I mean, considering he was doing it practically at speed i think that's the main issue like i think if you ask sulu to pilot a shuttle into a shuttle bay manually like in a leisurely fashion he'd have been fine yeah because how good are the brakes on those things i mean if you if you're used to going in via tractor beam yeah you probably don't have a great and again you're not supposed to go in as fast as they did also i'd like to point out that spock said or some, I think it was Spock said that it would take fifteen, approximately fifteen seconds to do the normal landing yeah. procedure. Well, it looked to me like it took probably about 10, five ten, minutes. No, it took about ten to twelve seconds, depending yeah. on when the shields went back up, which wasn't clear. Yeah. Mm. But from the time they brought the shields down to the time that the shuttle entered the shuttle bay was about ten seconds, and then by the time it came to a complete stop, it was a little over twelve seconds. Yeah. My, I wasn't stop watching it; I was counting in my head. But the point is, it only took a minuscule amount of time more. Now, keep him now bearing in mind that they barely dodged the Klingon torpedo with a really yeah. shitty like moving mat. Yeah. I mean, how long um, when they, we have like oh sixty second countdown that always lasts about five minutes? In, yeah, in, movies in just movie time have trouble with time. There's also the fact that the Klingons only weren't aiming at the Enterprise at first because they got distracted when they realized Kirk was on the shuttle. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's like there's too many. It's like, you know, multi ball in pinball mode. It's like, oh God, <laughs> what do I do? Yeah. But also, what annoyed me was they've got the barricade, right? Mm-hmm. And it's clearly there for these sorts of emergency landing situations, but they don't actually have a name for the procedure since Kirk has to be all emergency landing plan B. And they're all like, what the fuck is he talking about? It's like, all right, but you have this thing. I thought he was talking in code, but yeah, you don't need a I code it was for code that. Too, yeah. Yeah, because, no, yeah, Psylocke can understand, oh, they need the barricade. Yeah, like, it's like, what? Yeah. Yeah, that was unnecessary. He could have just said, put up the barricade. Yeah, like, it didn't need to have this extra layer of, like, dumb. Yeah, yeah I don't know. This movie just spent so much time... I think it was it was that attempt to find where is the tension because find God isn't really tension. It's it's, it's it's adventure. But it's... it would be you know if they had gotten to Shakari a half hour earlier in the movie, they could have spent more time. They could have you know what here would have been a better movie. We go to Shakari and God does take over, or you know the God entity does take over the ship, and now we have to deal with that mm. the, the ship being controlled by a vengeful. God creature. Well, that is just the first episode of TAS. I was going to say, we've done that an awful lot of times already. Yeah, but we did it in TAS. I think if on a movie budget, it Mm. could have been more interesting. Well, the movie budget was always a problem. They had to cut, cut, cut. Like, like I think you were talking at one point with me, Jake, about how the big battle at the end was supposed to be a bunch of rock monsters. Yeah. Yeah. They cut it down to only one rock monster. They tried to film it with one, you know, guy in a rubber suit as a rock monster that could breathe fire and that literally smoked. And apparently one scene of Rock Monster looked really good, but then the winds shift and he looked like a shitty, you know, rubber suit. Mm. And they had to lose all the Rock Monster footage and they just turned it into, well, I guess glowy god face is just chasing Kirk. Yeah, but it was so dumb because it wasn't even like a chase. It was like he walked up a hill and we heard God go, oh! Yeah, that was so... He's also a werewolf? Or Or Nixon? Nixon. Yeah. Uh Who was a werewolf. Yeah. yeah I understand. I thought that this was some of the best Walter Koenig we've ever gotten. Really? Yes. I thought Walk when he was... speed now. I thought when he was playing Captain, especially in the... Oh, that was nice, true. The, um, His blizzard wasn't great. No, the blizzard... <laughs> but that was still kind of hilarious. Like, I don't know. Like, I thought it was cute. But when he's, like, face-to-face with Cybok, and he's like, oh, we're going to have to discuss it, and the whole thing, you have to stand down, you are in violation of Starfleet, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. I thought it was really good. I thought it Walter was, was really killing it. It was like a real, a real person with... Keys, <laughs> friends, and credit cards. Credit cards. Yep. Uh, uh, but I thought he did. An, I thought he did a nice job. Okay. In this. What did you think, Caitlin of Uhura? Thought she was hot in that fan dance. Oh well, I thought she was hot the <laughs> first, all, all, the, all the fucking time. The first time she walked on the bridge, looking with, with for Scotty's Scotty, lunch, I was like, hot damn, like. She the fucking skirt. Her. How did you know that I thought her that I thought she looked banging in this movie? Like, could you just sense she the, did. You could just sense the heat radiating off me. Uh, like, oh, <laughs> you could God? see the. the, the, the <laughs> uh, no, like when she first appeared on the bridge, I was like, holy shit, you look gorgeous, and her hair was gray, and I was like, fuck, I'm in love. Then the fan dance. Mm. I was, they dubbed her fucking voice, which is fucking stupid. That's bullshit. It's such bullshit because she can fucking sing. Yeah. Wait, that wasn't her? Yeah, they dubbed her voice and she learned, they didn't even ask her. She learned it later and was fucking pissed. Oh, rightly so. That sucks. I hate that. Well, fine. This movie sucks even more now. Also, like, 
I love that on this fucking peaceful planet, these, like, ten guys were, like, running over to her, like, getting yeah. ready to, like, gangbang her. Yeah. I was like, what the like, It started out with, like, there was, like, two guys, and then they kept being joined by other guys coming in from, like... See, this is one of those movies... See, this is... Okay. Here's, like, a movie-making pet peeve of mine. Mm-hmm. When... And, and this happens in a lot of movies, and it seems to be, like, a thing with, like, directors that are not really experienced directors. Mm-hmm. But it is the idea that... The people in the scene only see what the camera sees. Is that if yeah. that makes any sense? And yeah, that's I, a, yeah. you know what I mean. Like like because we saw those two guys, even though there were fifty other guys, we don't see those other guys until those guys pass them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and then by the time it gets to the end, there's like thirty fucking guys. I feel like it was like a dozen, but I was like, Ugh. but they kept popping up. And you know, Lol, if you saw what I do in the fan dance, mm. you'd pop up. Boing, boing, boing. Yeah, I read a whole. <laughs> Thank you for comedy boner sound names. A whole essay on that once about how, like, in more skillful hands, that can work. About boners? Of... <laughs> a boner in skillful hands is oh, good. Oh, no. Go on. No. <laughs> Go on. Well, like, tell us yeah, about your essay. True. Like, you can. You can do that. Yeah, like a film that's sort of self-aware about it. Like, it was specifically about the good, the bad, and the ugly. And about how it seemed to be a theme of that film that, like, if it's not on screen, oh, people yeah. can't see it. Well, there's this, there's this great bit in that movie that comes to mind at the end when they actually find where the gold is. Mm. I, I'm not going to spoil the film. Yeah, but, I haven't seen it. I don't but spoil But at any rate, like, there's this great moment where one of the characters trips and falls into a gravestone. And then he stands up and the camera zooms out and you see that he's come, like, somehow he's just stumbled into this, hit this one gravestone and he hasn't realized that there is, like, this oh, massive yeah. graveyard, like, yeah. like thousands of acres, that, like, but because the camera hadn't seen it yet, he hadn't seen it yet. Yeah. Mm. So you're right, it can be used skillfully, but you're right, yeah, and in the hands of, like, a director who doesn't isn't thinking it through. Mm. It's just an accident and doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah, like the the thing, just like the, the cinematography of that particular scene, the horse thievery scene. Well, as you said, the unicorn thievery. Yeah, why were they unicorns? I don't know. They're space horses. That, that was a note I had too, though, was the stupid little... Mm. Wait, I didn't horns. even notice that they were unicorns. Well, they were, now they, I feel they, like they were, I've been they robbed. Were, they were little horns. They were yeah, like they rhinoceros were, horns. They were really short and stubby, but yeah. all the horses did have little horns. Cybox was maybe, also kind of blue in the right light. Maybe mm-hmm. they were growers, not showers. You don't maybe. have to shame mm-hmm. them about their stubby but, little horns. But here's the thing, too, right? Another bit, another thing that makes... Shatner is, and this is a well-known thing, Shatner is an avid equestrian. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he got to ride a horsey in this movie, <gasps> Yay. that's a big deal. He likes horses. Like, he also gave himself an attaboy uh, that he wrote into the script when uh, he's talking to Cybok and he's like, wait, you're the captain of the Enterprise? I thought Chekhov was. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Like, it was really fucking clever. Yeah. Like, I was like, way to suck your own dick, uh, Shatner. <laughs> I did have a He's problem. Steve Bannon. Yeah. All right. I'm just gonna wow. make a mooch reference. <laughs> Fuck me. I, I did have a problem with that scene that Caitlin you successfully explained away, and I will present the problem. You can then successfully explain it away again. Oh fuck! I hope I remember what I said. Where I was just like, how? What the fuck? Everyone oh, yeah. and their mother seems to know that Jim Kirk is captain of the Enterprise, but not Cybok. Yeah, and I don't remember I exactly. Cybok. Well, yeah. he strikes me as being like a hippy dippy like. 
not knowing what's going on in the universe, probably doesn't have a TV or the internet, you know, kind of person. Yeah, he hasn't read a space newspaper in like 25 years. They even have space newspapers? No. But speaking of the plot of this (laughs) stupid thing. Okay. Do we have to? So you you theorize that Cybok was in contact with this god entity. I think that's the only way it makes sense. It is. Like, how else would he know it was there? Yeah. How else would he have known that God wanted How else wanted would he have gotten through the barrier right? or whatever else? Because how does Cybok get to Nimbus 3? Like, he walks. Huh. He's just wandering the <laughs> desert? Does he live there? Maybe he bummed a ride on some cargo ships? Maybe, but then it sounds like he already had a starship. Why does he need a new well, no, well, like, a starship, like, a good, solid fleet made like well it turns out he could have also just been a stowaway it's not fu- mm. it's apparently it's no and you know no oh we got to cross the the great barrier no big deal because you can do it in either a fucking busted ass federation starship that doesn't even have a transporter hmm. you can also do it in a little rinky dink klingon bird of prey it's true well, he so- had to get followers first and i feel like the people on nimbus were probably like easy fodder for, for getting followers yeah but mm. here's the thing there's, there's no, there's clearly no reason why this, why the vessel he had to have what needed to be a Federation starship. So the question isn't what does God need with a starship, it's what does Cybok need with a starship. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, no, but God needed a starship. Well, God needed a starship too, but presumably he could fit into whatever starship you brought, right? I don't know. Maybe I don't know did how he need a specific, a specific size starship? I have no idea, man. I don't I don't know really the answer to that question. He needs that whale tank from four. <laughs> what if it, what if it was an Oberth class that showed up to Nimbus? You know, <laughs> the, that's, that that's the, the Oberth, the Grissom, yeah, the little Grissom that uh, the science ships that I was bitching about in three. Oh, okay, I was like, how yeah. do you get from engineering to the saucer? Who knows, man? And then you know, the, the other bit too is like how? Well, I don't know. It's just the whole plan. His whole plan. His whole plan of taking the hostages. And luring and the ship. Federation. And, like, okay, I get that, like, they they lampshade the Enterprise is the only ship in the in the quadrant yeah. problem with this movie by saying, well, we need Jim Kirk for this one. Are you, Really? Why? It sounds like a pretty fucking bog-standard rescue mission. I don't know. Like they Nobody said, else? Why don't you send a ship that has a working transporter and then just beam the hostages away? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, or put, or if you really need Jim Kirk, have another ship rendezvous with him, put him on the better ship, That's and still point. send him in. Well, there's I, no time for that, Ames. I mean, There's even, plenty of time. You don't kill hostages immediately. No, nope, no time. <laughs> even or, though... Like, they have a Romulan uh, like, a hostage and a Klingon hostage. Why is it only Jim Kirk's problem? Well, no, didn't, didn't they send it out to other people, too? I mean, like, I don't think... I don't well, get I the think impression that Cybok specifically needed a Federation starship. I just, just got the impression they got that they first. were there first. Yeah, well, yeah. The, but, the, but the Federation, the the admiral that he was talking to, the Kirk was talking to, was like, no, it has to... We need... This is a... It, it was almost like the guy was being condescending to him. Maybe it was like, <laughs> like a... You know, they knew it was a milk run, and they are just like, oh, man, you know, this fucking... Kirk guy, he's really getting on my nerves. He's so full of himself since he saved the Earth of those fucking whales who won't stop singing now. <laughs> so let's just, you know, let's just send him out to Nimbus. Fuck him. That's a shithole. Another problem too, right? Their transporter didn't work, sure. 
But as far as I know, their phasers worked. Couldn't they have pulled a, a piece of the action and just done shift like phasers phase. on stun widespread? That's a good point. I actually forgot about that. Like, yeah. There you go. Another way they could have solved it, even though their transporters yeah, didn't but work. You see, that's the thing. The ship's phasers on stun would solve so many different no, problems. No, I know. Like, All of them. Like, Most of them, yeah. You know, oh, the... There's, yeah, there's a, yeah, exactly. You can't do ship's phasers Wait, the stun. ship phasers can be on stun? They yeah, did they, that, did they did that with the, the action. Yeah, that's how ah. they stun the whole time. Knocked out oh, yeah. Oxmix's crew. I forget this detail. I think that's the only time they've so done it. So did they, probably. Also because, yeah. to a certain extent, why the hell would a starship's main cannons have a stun setting? Well, uh, if you wanted to knock out the other ship's crew and then try to hack into it... But, but that's it. it only worked on the people that are outdoors. Oh. Like, the area they shot, if people were indoors, they were fine. Like, oh. It didn't even cause damage to way, the building. You could have an umbrella like, open and you'd be fine. pacify yeah. a... A crowd. A crowd, yeah. It's good for crowd control. Yeah. Which is <laughs> kind of what they need here. Yeah. Can we talk about the fucking pool table and how it was a literal pool it table? It was water what pool table. In, I, in, in the, the thing the, that the Maress bar. drowned in. Yeah. Yeah, I love that that apparently oh, killed her. Wait, by that the was way. a pool well, table? Cats hate water. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought the same thing about cats hating they water. They showed it earlier <laughs> and it was, there was like billiard balls on it. They were like floaty buildings. But they were like floating on it. And I was like, oh, that's so, that's silly. That's a silly thing where like the production designer was like, oh, it's a pool table. Who the so fuck wrote this shit? Piers Anthony? No, I think, I think Oxmix forgot how pool worked again <laughs> and then rewrote it. <laughs> he flooded it. it. He flooded the pool table. You know He's what? Like, I, I keep, keep getting shit about my pool playing, so you know what? You know what bothered me about Nimbus was the fucking hostage video where, like, the Romulan ambassador person was, like, doing her little talkity talk and then for no reason, like, walked down to a different point and then immediately walked back. And then they cut to fucking Cybok and Voldemort, like, doing a long shot, but somehow someone was filming the whole time. Yeah. Like, they were on a track, like, let's get this great action shot of Cybok walking hmm, across whatever Cybok the fuck this well is. well trained in cinematography. Yeah, he, know, he knows how to appeal to emotional species. They, they want movement, they want action, they want to feel things. No, man. As theater people, I was like, move with intent, you stupid cow. Why yeah, did they tell you to move? Who has to say move with intent? The director. Mm. Minor uh, props note. Did you? Uh, I noticed that the... Communicators were good again? Well, the communicator. Yeah, we were back to, like, pro- basically they looked like original series communicators. That was nice. But I also noticed that the bar, the actual bar in the Paradise City strip club mm-hmm. slash embassy <laughs> was a looked to, it looked to me like it was the same bar as 10 forward on the enterprise team may have been you may just use that prop maybe because i mean like we're saying like you pointed out uh not i think on an episode before but we, i mentioned it but like the blatantly just enterprise d corridors not even slightly redressed yeah and then the enterprise d transporter room Mm-hmm. Well, it Again, makes, not even slightly redressed. It makes sense, though, because we recently saw that an interview with William Shatner where he said they basically just kept literally destroying sets after the film every single time. I don't think time. they did, though, because I've read in a book by Shatner that said that they you know just redressed the existing sets. Well, see, I what I had So read, I think he's gone senile. Well, no, I had actually read that elsewhere before that maybe not everything, but they did keep tearing down the bridge for some reason. I, I feel like I read that they, they did. They might but. dismantle it, but... They definitely reuse it. Like mm. it's maybe like they they change it up each a lot, movie yeah. a little bit, but yeah. like I mean, he does miss his old chair. Yes, and I think there was at some point like damage 
between films, and that's why. Yeah, that's why. That's well, why from, between from three to four, there was apparently a fire that Shatner put out on his own. Not, not in, that? not in the room, not in the in the soundstage. Oh, I thought that was like a minor thing. fire. But it was, like... it was a fire that was closer <laughs> to the Genesis Planet setting. <laughs> it was actually that someone had left popcorn in a microwave for too long. <laughs> Shatner sprang into action. That was like, mid, that was like the mid eighties, though. So, you Ooh, know, could you make phaser popcorn? Phaser popcorn. Anyway, I was going to ask you, Chris, what did you think of the, the new brown field uniforms? I liked them. Did you? I did. They were very unflattering on most of the actors. Yeah. The, the, the ribbing on them. Was very unpleasant. They, they looked like, like full body sweaters. Yeah. And what annoyed me to no end was not so much the uniform itself, but Kirk had a special captain's collar. It was his <laughs> tactile neck. Where like part of the front of it was cut out. So at first I was like... Did he not pull his collar all the way through his shirt? And eventually I realized that was just the design, but I was like, I was just annoyed by it. It's like, why do you have a special... And it's all I could look at, and it drove me nuts. (laughs) I actually really liked a lot of the costuming in this, and I really liked... We already talked about the music. I really liked the music. Yeah, music. It's Jerry Goldsmith. There was one sound that drove me fucking crazy. I think this was Shatner's idea. Whenever we got to Cybok doing one of his brain emotional release things... There was a heartbeat th- thump under it. Oh, yeah, and it, there it was. was like, oh, that's so fucking canny and heavy-handed think... and fuck you. I don't think yeah. I noticed that. Oh, I noticed that the second he talked with, you know, three-tooth guy. Voldemort. <laughs> uh, so, uh, speaking, Jake, of, of prop reuse, though. Like, they have reused sets and such all the time, but they normally redress them slightly. Like, this was just the Enterprise D corridor. Yeah. But you know what else I noticed, though, because you made me think of this, was... um. The weird red laser tubes from Regular One mm. are in the background of the shuttle bay after the crash landing. Yeah, well, those laser tubes show, they show up, up all kinds of things. Yeah. Not even just Star Trek. Yeah, it's like that's are. a prop that just floats around. And yeah, but it was it's, it's it becomes sort of a Where's Waldo? Like, oh, it's the tubes! Yay! Mm. Oh, okay, okay. So Uh-oh. we talked about it briefly earlier. I'm gonna I'm gonna put on my ultra nerd hat right now. Are you gonna put on your ultra nerd voice? No, as well? I'm not as good at it. Oh come on! Well, tell, whisper in Jake's ear and he'll do it. There's <laughs> two goddamn problems. Only two. Just two. With the fucking stupid shooting up the shaft scene. Uh <laughs> I think I know. I, I know. I may know both of them, or at least I know two that could be in addition to yours. The Enterprise doesn't have that many fucking decks. That's one. Decks go. Higher number to the bottom, lower number up top. They also, if you if you're watching as they fly up, go they re- out of order. They repeat fifty two like twice. Oh, that too. But yeah, like deck one is the bridge. Deck I don't know twenty or whatever is the very bottom of engineering. But in this, they have wherever they start as a lower numbered deck. Yeah. And then the bridge is like deck seventy seven. It was which... like yeah, it was like I want to say like eighty three. Well, yeah, it was Ugh. it was more decks than there should be. It was two constitution classes stacked on top of each other. <laughs> I don't think the fucking Galaxy class has 70 decks. No, this guy. Like 40 something decks. You know what we did see? We finally saw a fucking toilet. Because there was one in the brig when Kirk pulled it out to have a seat. Oh, that was a toilet. Apparently that was supposed okay. to be a toilet. I, Why I, I, I asked that too, and Jake says he's asked the toilet. It, it was like, like, oh my god. Toilet. It, had a, it had a pull-up seat and a flush button. Why aren't you supposed to use that in Space Dock, by the way? What? The toilet? The toilet? Yeah, there's a sign that yeah. says do not use in space dock. Probably because it's just like the it probably just flushes directly out to space <laughs> and you're just like filling space dock. Well that's with probably shit. true. That probably mm, is that why. That makes sense. Though actually I was supposing on the way over here 
that uh, actually the shit goes into the replicator and they. Oh make... no, that's what we get your mouth. Well, well, they actually. I mean, there is sense. waste reclamation. I mean, that's mentioned, but I don't know that they have that yet. I know that comes up later. Oh yeah. So during Spock's vision, right, which clearly mm-hmm. could not be something he's actually remembering, but yeah. I assume well, it's maybe. Well, he's a Vulcan. Vulcan. Well, I, I I was thinking maybe it's supposed to be something he's imagined so many times that or been told. <laughs> so, no, but and also but, he knows that his dad. Yeah, but. Okay, couple. First of all, him and his father have basically made up, so I don't know why that's still his secret pain. But also, oh, that's a good point. Vulcan doesn't have hospitals. Like I know these guys are really big on ritual and shit, but they're also really big on logic. And I like to think they'd be like, yeah. So logically, you know, ritualistically, we have you give birth in a filthy fucking cave. And but she's a logically, human. She's a human. Yeah, goddamn. Logically, take better care of her. Twenty third century. We're gonna put you in a hospital. With, you know, rocky backdrops. Sterilized shit. Well, maybe they were sterilized well, rocks. You this, don't know. This goes back to my whole problem with Vulcan as a planet. Mm. In that it's very, you know, it's 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 a little bit like... Well, it go, you know, it might go back to like sort of the... Um, we've talked about this before. The Vulcan Orientalism thing. Yeah. Where it's like, ooh, they're this, they're this wise, logical old race. But they're also so primitive. They give birth in caves and they live on a mountain. You know, it's like... Of course, before long, fucking Goop will be trying to convince people to give birth in caves. <laughs> also, I think yeah. they already do. Jesus. Probably. They got those tiny Vulcan ears on that baby, though. That's Kudos true. to them. Yeah. I was looking at that like, how do you do you get a baby to sit still long enough to do that? Maybe they just found a baby that had slightly pointy ears. No, these were, these were significantly pointed. Found a pointy-eared baby. Well, I mean, like, so, so she doesn't listen. Also, so she's not gonna care. Baby for a newborn. But my kid sister, from like the ages of newborn to about how, how five. How older are you than her? Four years. Okay. But from like the age of newborn to about five, actually did have a small point on one of her ears. Hmm. It eventually smoothed out of its own accord. Yeah, but she actually... I just thought she had a very elven little mischievous smile as well when she was a kid, the pictures (laughs) that I've seen. That's true, she did. That's probably just genetic. Yeah. Oh, man, so we talked about old Grady Beard earlier. Oh, Um, Lazarus. Anyone else get a real Lazarus vibe when Cybok went in to kill himself? Caitlin was just pointed that in my notes and said, (laughs) I thought the same thing. It's Lazarus Oh, yeah, it did look like the antimatter And it was still blue. It was blue like in the fucking alternative factor. Yeah. Now there's a second cat here. (laughs) They're so excited today. So many cats. Uh, The third cat wanders in. We're going to be really surprised and confused. Yeah, it's true. Mm, We can put it on that that subreddit. This is not my cat or whatever. (laughs) Ow, ow, ow. Okay, now he's scratching. Oh, no (laughs) scratching. He's very feist. But yeah, and I was like, oh, shades of alternative factor. Well, since we're already in shades the cave, the do you want to tell your favorite story about this movie? <laughs> All right. I've been, like, waiting to do this for a year. A story that I have told friends, but I'm so excited to have on the record and on the internet for strangers to find. So I owned Star Trek's 1 through 4 and 6 on DVD for the longest time. And Caitlin sees this one day years ago and goes, why don't you own five? And I said, well, because five is fucking awful. And this is about a decade ago, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Because, yeah. And uh, she's like, oh, okay. And then, you know, one birthday or Christmas or something, uh, amongst my gifts, there is a <laughs> copy. The good gifts. <laughs> of Star Trek Five, And I'm like, oh, dear. She's like, well, you know, because you know, you're going to have all of them. I'm like, all right, but I'm making you watch this with me. And she said, oh, yeah, that, that was always the idea. So we sit there and we watch it. And we're going through, and it's, you know, it's bad. And then we get to Shagari, and, and Cybok is talking to God. 
and uh, you know, and Gosway needs a starship, and 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 you know, some of you listeners, you know, Caitlin, the rest of you have heard her talk for fifty three and a half ish or something episodes. She talks like a normal person. Well, normal person. Well, her her <laughs> her syntax and all that is all very you know regular. But for whatever reason, she's sitting there and she goes, "Wait, but." What does God need with a starship? <laughs> and I just I I keep it in. I'm like, this is gonna be amazing. So I don't I don't laugh, I don't you know, so I just go, I don't know. Well and the best part is I kept You did saying that, it. that was the problem. I said it like four times. I'm like, no, really, what does God need with a starship? He's God. What does God need with a starship? Yeah. Like I was getting and I'm so just angry. Like, never once she changed, she never just says, you know, why does God need a starship or what's what? Like it's always what does God need with a starship? I'm literally eventually biting the inside of my mouth to keep <laughs> from laughing. And then Shatner goes, Excuse me, what does God need with a starship? And it was the best moment. Mm. But it couldn't have been going on for too long because I we really only find out that God needs a starship like two lines before That's, he says that. That is how many times she said it. Wow. And I I'm was just not getting there. a response. And I was just like, no, really. What does God need with a starship? Why? What does God need with a starship? starship? And yeah, no, it was, uh, your reaction was just, you were like, oh. And then they say yeah. it three times. Yeah. And I was just like, Oh, I was like, I laughed my ass off. And Chris is like, huh, you talk how Shatner thinks people talk. And I was like, oh, get me where it hurts. That was, that was just the best thing. And honestly, that's half the reason I started this podcast. I quit. Mm. (laughs) I'm kidding. Bye guys. Um, Well, you're officially outnumbered by insane people. Speaking though of Shakari, the one thing I had only noticed on this viewing, and Caitlin, you noticed at the same time as I did, Apparently, between getting to Shakari and going down, Cybox stopped off for a trim. His oh, beard and hair getting Yeah, his hair nice. getting sort of long and kind of messy. Also, it's really I mean, that's, short. That just beards... goes, goes to say that he's basically Lazarus. Yeah. And that his hair changes he from must have, Well, he probably switched with his antimatter counterpart. Well, he, just, he stopped off to see the bullion down on C-Deck. And... Mm-hmm. Well, but as you pointed out, if you're going to meet God... Yeah, you want to look your best. And he, he probably gave, you know... Because Shatner and them were all, they were finally out of desert gear and back in their regular uniform. So Kirk was finally like, look, I need another shower. You go get a haircut or something. I climbed another mountain. Yeah. Oh, speaking of uh, Shakari, they they named it Shakari because it sounds a little like Sean Connery. Sean Connery, who they originally wanted to play Cyborg. Yeah, I love that So story. is that true? Because we were talking about that. Like, is that actual facts? I don't know the order of events for why it was called Shakari, but I do know that, you know, Sean Connery wasn't able to do it because he was busy Indiana Jonesing. Thank God, that was a much better film. Mm. I don't know, but I didn't, I didn't think, they... what's his name, Lawrence Luckinbill, the guy who actually played Cyborg, I didn't think he, I thought he was fine. No, he was, oh, no, no, he, he was, he was actually, in the role. he was, yeah, he was, he did his best with what they gave him. I just mean, good for Sean Connery not winding up in this pile. Imagine the alternative universe where Sean Connery wound up in this and Lawrence, whatever his name is, wound up in Indiana Jones. That would have been weird. Right? Yeah, well, they wouldn't, that I mean, I know. It's an infinite universe theory. But yeah, no. One thing I would say, Leah, I think he did really well with what he was given. And there's actually that moment where Kirk, you know, if he finally reveals he's been getting visions from God, and Kirk's like, you are mad. Yeah. And the way he delivers the am I is great. Because it's not just this really cocky, like, ha ha ha, am I, Captain? There is some self-doubt there. Mm, like, there is a part fine. of him that is kind of afraid he's just nuts. Well, because logically, he knows it doesn't make sense. Yeah, You yeah. can take the Vulcan out of Vulcan, but you can't take the Vulcan out of the Vulcan. True. But I, I thought that was done really well. Like, he 
Because he could have. He could have totally just been like, ha am I, Captain? But he chose to do it way better. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think the actor was good. Yeah, no, he was just sucking a crappy film with a terrible script. Yeah. The McCoy euthanasia scene was... Oh, with his dad. Oh, yeah. so sad. So tough. Yeah, and, and, you know, the acting there was good. Yeah. That is, though, something I say that's very, would, would like to say is something really disturbing about this film, is it does seem to cling to this increasingly outdated idea that was probably more accepted in the 80s because it was the fucking Stone Age still. The, the Middle Ages. That, like, dealing with emotional pain is a bad idea because it just turns you into a wide-eyed idiot. Mm. And, like, I think that is that is still a perception, for lack of a better term, that still infects people to this day, at least in this country. I can only speak from my own experience of just, like, you know, this resisting getting help when you need it for... Be in, a man! Yeah, for issues because... You need your pain! Yeah, and, like, it's just this ridiculous fucking speech. And she's like, no, I... No, speaking as someone who's seen an analyst, it actually helps a lot, and you don't wind up a wide-eyed idiot. Well, I, I think it was also supposed to be uh, a scene in which Cybok was supposed to try to ease Kirk's pain, mm-hmm. and... Either, either Kirk continued to say no, or at least it was brought up that the pain that, that they have to, you know, take out of Kirk is losing his son in two, two movies ago, because we haven't heard from about David in a yeah. long fucking time. Like, I know David comes up again in six, and it just, it's like it comes out of nowhere. It's like, oh yeah, I fucking forgot about this guy, because we don't seem to care about him, because he didn't have that big an effect. I also, I was going to say, I'm glad he's gone. That That's pretty recent pain. What was your pain before that, Kirk? STDs. <laughs> About a shore leave. It, it was not ejecting Finny when he had the chance. Mm. <laughs> I think Chekhov's pain was uh, going to be real that the accent wasn't real. <laughs> he like did it as a joke at the Academy, but then he kind of kept doing it for a while, and then suddenly he was in too deep. But then Cybok's like, but this feels like you. Now this is you, isn't it? You don't have to feel bad, you weird little man. Poor Chekhov. Which is why he still uses the accent even after his pain has been lifted. Mm-hmm. So it is interesting, though, speaking of the pain thing and how everybody else who gets their pain released does turn into a wide-eyed idiot, mm. except for Spock and McCoy. Like they... Well, Spock is logical. Yeah, so Spock, okay. but And McCoy loves Spock too much to leave him alone. Apparently. Like, everybody else... Is totally well, it's, a it's, member of the a member of the cult, except for these guys. I loved Ahura being like Scotty. He made me understand everything, and Scotty's like, uh, I'm, no, no, I'm, I don't. I don't think I can handle it in my condition that's, or yours. That's see, that's why we never hear about their relationship again. Because Ahura is like, marry me, and he's like, oh, no. I don't know. I just think I just think he had a big boner and he was embarrassed about it. Aww. But yeah, I think I think with McCoy to a certain extent it is because like he's closer to Jim and Spock than he is to Cybok and his lack of pain. But also to a certain extent peer pressure because mm. it's only after Kirk and Spock are both like no, he's like eh, I guess you can count me out. Mm. I've been reading um, one of uh, Shatner's books about the about the movies, and originally like the three were not supposed to all end up on the same side at the end. That Spock and McCoy were both supposed to essentially like go with Cybok and side with him until both Nimoy and Kelly said, "Our characters wouldn't do that." Yeah, like no. like Shatner, no, this is this is a no go for us. We will not do this. And Shatner pleaded with them and pleaded with them until he realized, "Oh yeah, I they're guess right. They're I mean, they're right. I still would love like he would have loved to see what would have happened if the three guys who are the the 
the core friendship of the show were at odds with each other. But mm. not in, I don't think it doesn't belong in this movie. No. It no. could this, yeah. it could have been interesting somewhere else if there was something big enough to disagree over. But, you know, is this guy crazy or not isn't a thing you can disagree over because he's crazy. Yeah. Well, also, this movie was so much about, like, the magic of friendship and bros being bros. And even though we spend all this time together on the ship and we drive each other crazy, we're still here together singing row, row, row your fucking boat (laughs) in the middle of the woods. I feel like having them be split up would be like really against what the it would yeah it what would the have, mission it, what it the it should have if, if that were the case then it should have been the whole of the movie yeah and not like a thing that just happened yeah I mean I doubt there is a better version anywhere but I feel like I think wasn't this script affected by a writer's strike possibly yes yes there was a writer's strike so Shatner had to a he couldn't get a writer he wanted right. so he basically storyboarded the or storylined the thing and then gave it to a screenwriter and the two of them worked on it yeah story the screenwriter got on a writer's strike for a while had to come back but there was also a teamster strike that's um, right and this is kind of terrifying what are teamsters teamsters are like the guys that drive you around like you they bring you and the and the equipment and the crew to your location basically yeah. any and all trucking yeah okay if you need things places they're the ones who do it so they had to hire scabs and stuff and i guess like they blew up a truck who did teamsters? the teamsters the teamsters blew up a truck cuz you know union and if you're going to hire scabs we're going to be pissed mm. and we're going to threaten you and dear well, fucking well, yeah God. but if you blow up a truck you're going to go the fuck to jail and it's not going to yeah, matter I mean, about, about the unions and Possibly in those days still had mob connections, too. Yikes. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see if Sans strikes, you could have wound up with a slightly better version. You'd have to twist Shatner's arm, I think, a lot. Because, you know, just having Nimoy and Kelly being like, change this this whole facet of your script. Because it won't work with our characters. Like, they even ask him, like, would, would Kirk turn against them and Jenner had to admit like no I guess he wouldn't and they're like yeah there's your fucking problem yeah I mean that never would have worked but I just mean in general like would there have been a is there a possibility of a version of this script that kind of functions I think you get rid of the freaking Klingons Klingons. yeah and another thing about the Klingons talk about a fucking blue ballsing there at the end with the Klingons and the fact that the Klingon situation is resolved off screen. Yep. Like the one source of tension in this whole movie that feels bolted on and weird is the Klingons and then we resolve it off screen by having... But then you get a Spock reveal and that's fun. You know, I just... Everybody has a block party. I just thought of a way they could have had the same events without having to have the Enterprise be broken. Just say there's some weird magnetic storms on Nimbus 3. And Shakari. Yeah, and so you still... So, so it's the fucking clouds from Wrath of Khan again? No, not even that, but like, you know, they were the part of the reason they couldn't beam up um, Sulu in them during... Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Evil Kirk, Kirk was because of magnetic interference, and then magnetic interference also caused the jump between universes in... Mirror, mirror. Fucking magnets. I thought the reason they couldn't beam up <laughs> Sulu and the other guys was because they didn't want to split them in two. Well, right, but I think the the malfunction in the first place was caused by weird magnetic something oh, or other. okay. Fucking magnets. So, like, they've already established within the series that magnets wreak havoc on transporters. So they could have just said there's something wrong with this planet's magnetic field we're going to have to shuttle down. And 
There you go. And you can, although then you still wouldn't be able to explain why they have a skeleton crew, which, ugh, yeah, I don't know. It's still the fact they took over the ship so easily is still a bit stupid, but you know. Skybox is very powerful. Well, I mean, very. They got a skeleton crew because, like, like what the fuck was Starfleet thinking first? Like, they just gave them the ship. Like, this is the this is the new Enterprise. Yeah, this is like right on the ass of Star Trek Four. So they don't staff it up. It's a piece of garbage. <laughs> it's fallen apart. Transporter doesn't work. Nothing really works well. No. The, the captain's log, which isn't actually part of the ship, just a right. thing oh, yeah. presumably have a stack of in yeah, San Francisco. Yeah, I was wondering why he was having trouble with this fucking, His like, dictaphone, like, But it also, board. like, it reminded me of, like, what, like the fucking inventions that the dad in Gremlins has. Where they're like, I've, they're never like, seen no, I've never seen Gremlins. Oh, you've never seen Gremlins? No. Oh, it's, it's... Halloween 10 Forward? Could yeah maybe uh, she doesn't gremlins. like gremlins. Oh. It's it's very dated and it's a kids movie, but it's also great. Um, it's great if you're in a child in the nineties. Sure, but the one of the jokes in the movie is that the father is a failed inventor, so he has all the in like his like shtick is like inventing things that take normal things and combine them. So he has like a like the 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 man like the thing that reminded me of is like this men's grooming device that has like a razor and a toothbrush and it like squirts toothpaste and like it's just it's ridiculous it's like a little ridiculous thing but that remind the captain's log remind me of it because it's just so wonky looking and it had like weird flaps yep. and doors and, and shit in it and I was like what is this elaborate thing that like this isn't even a case of oh we can look back now with our pocket computers and go that's just silly but even by 1989 they had dictaphones that were so tiny and fit in your hand why does he need this elaborate metal book hell in the original series for Christ's sake I think he just talked into, into a tricorder the, once yeah in like the you which know which basically was a dictaphone and, like, the yeoman, you know, they carried around their little, like, signy pads, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, there's no reason to have that ridiculous thing. The yeoman in this had great hair. Did you guys see her, like, oh, opera house, city opera house yeah. uh, haircut she had going? Nice. I liked it. Yeah. Trying to sort of, like, okay, how can we have ridiculous Star Trek hair again, but in the 80s? Ah. Mm. P.S. Uhura in that fan dance, though. <laughs> so did they come down to the planet with the feathers? Yeah, who well, the hell? just has them with her wherever she goes. I never thought of that. Like, did they go back to the ship to get her fan dancing outfit? It's a, uh, not yeah. an outfit. That's it's, the problem. That's her birthday suit. That's not. Yeah, in like <laughs> she always has that with her. <laughs> but do you think she has like palm fronds or some shit? Maybe maybe there's a weird plant that grew that. There shit. were no plants there. Yeah, that was a shithole. It was, was Mad a... Max planet. There's nothing left, guys. There was definitely. A feather plant that we didn't see. Yeah, that never. Where did they get the fucking feathers? Never occurred to me. I bet they're just in her quarters. The transporters weren't working. So they had to fly so, all the way back to the ship. Maybe get some they said stuff. just in case we need a distraction, maybe bring your fan dance. They, they, every every okay. shuttlecraft comes equipped with the universal distraction kit. You know what it is? They actually they conveniently <laughs> had them flare left. gun. No <laughs> boombox. Nah. Ooh, fans. Yep. I like that idea. You were saying, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Your, yours is funnier, frankly. I was just going to say, like, they, you know, oh, shit, this is this is the shuttle where, uh, you know, we came back from Lieutenant Smith's bachelor party, and we forgot about the dead hooker. Like, get rid of the body, but keep the feathers. Yikes. Oh, my. Scotty. Bout a shore leave. <laughs> oh, no. 
then Kirk had to fight the Mares. Oh god, that was not a fight. That was he swung her around on his shoulders for a while and then threw her in a pool. And she and then immediately died. Yeah, immediately. Well, if she hit her head on the way down. She didn't. She landed in the water. Oh, but there were balls in there. Well, so. if she hit her head on the bottom of the pool. It's, I don't know. It's obvious that she's just a cat and... Whoever, yeah, but cats can swim. They, yeah, it's but, not like but, but water. The thing, but they're not the, wit- the Wicked Witch of the here's West. Here's how it works. It's like Shatner's like, yeah, we'll throw her in the pool and she'll die. And someone's like, yeah, why would she die? Because of cats and cats hate water. Uh, sir, uh, Mr. Shatner, cats hate water. They'll die. <laughs> don't, don't, don't correct me. It sickens me. That's why, I'll, that's why I'll never own a cat. You can't bathe them and they start to smell. Do you not know how cats work? Yeah, exactly. I've never seen a cat. That's why I thought it should have three tits. <laughs> <laughs> Don't all cats have three tits, uh, no? Oh, God. That, ugh. David Warner is a fine actor. And I'm very... Which one was he? He was, he was St. John Talbot or whatever. The Terran Ambassador. Okay, the Terran Ambassador. What, what else is he famous for? He is he the bad guy... Gorkin in That's Star true. Trek Star Trek VI. He is the bad guy in the original Tron. He's the voice of Ra's al Ghul in the good Batman cartoon from the early 90s. And the voice of the Loeb and Freakazoid. Yes. And he's the... Have you seen Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze? Uh, oh, okay. God. Well, he's, the, he's like the bumbling scientist in that. He's um, in Time After Time, another project <gasps> yeah. by Nicholas Meyer. Such a good movie. Which, yeah, he's Jack, he's Jack the Ripper. Uh, against great. Malcolm McDowell's, uh, another future Star Trek alum. Malcolm McDowell's H.G. Wells, one of the few places where you see Malcolm McDowell play a good guy. Uh, he's, he's a really great actor, and uh, I'm, I'm also glad he got to be in a better Trek movie as well. Um, and he said he's, he's in a really good Star Trek episode. Yeah, you said he's the he's the four lights, five lights. He's the, he's Cardassian. The, he's the how many lights are there? Yeah. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, no, he's a really. When we get to that in about two years, yeah. Yeah. I have no idea what that is. But You'll I look it's forward a great to episode. it. It's yeah, gonna it's yeah. gonna mess you up, Caitlin. It'll be great. But yeah, he's a he's a really good actor, and it's it's always a shame to see him wasted. They wasted him in a recent episode of Doctor Who, and I was very sad. David Warner was an episode of Doctor Who. Oh, good for David Warner. I like him. He was, but unfortunately they, they wasted him almost as badly as this movie did. Yeah, there, there's just him in the little D. Basically, that whole council exists just to be exposition. Because they sit there, explain why they're there, and then do almost nothing for the rest of the movie. Aside from star in a fake hostage video, and then all of a sudden at the end he's banging the Romulan, which, what? Well, they've gone, they've gone pretty far, come pretty far. Yeah, so they've been through, been through a lot. Yep. I guess. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, so... I feel like that, that happens, though, doesn't it, in hostage situations sometimes? Or maybe losing their pain made them... Maybe. Ready to find love. That party sequence at the end was unnecessary. That was just... And stupid. Dumb. And like you said, having Chekhov and Sulu, like, following around... That was just creepy and gross, yeah. The boner Klingon. I did like the scene, though, where young, shitty Klingon gets shut down by Ambassador Chubbs... And he's forced to apologize. I you kind of like liked that? Oh, I thought that was terrible. I kind of liked that. It was just so dumb. It was really dumb. No, it was dumb, but it amused forced me anyway. Forced No, it was. It was weird, but... It, it's, it's like, you know, it's a little kid, like, go apologize yeah, to, exactly. to Uncle So-and-so but for taking his burger. Which I think how it felt. feeds into that whole feeling I have of, like, this is just a ship crewed by rambunctious teenagers. Mm. Well, it's, it's also... It takes them until TNG to figure out Klingons. Yeah. Final thing that I have that I, that I read about somewhere... Uh, cuts. I think it was either a cut scene or a, a cut script element that when Sulu and Chekhov are out hiking, they're going to Mount Rushmore. But on Mount Rushmore, there's an added face 
That's an African American woman. That's right. I've heard about nice. that. Well, it's too bad that that didn't make it. Probably, I mean, probably would have been a pain in the neck either making the model or... Yeah, it would have looked really shitty, so... Yeah. Now, here, now, here's what would have been great, is if they get to Mount Rushmore and all of the faces are gone, except there's a face of Khan on the mountain <laughs> instead. Uh, They've all been, been turned into faces of Khan. That would have been kind of all funny. All of them. All just his boudoir shots. <laughs> I would love to see those. Uh, on that note... This... <laughs> This has been... Oh, no, wait. What? You have a thing? Our fucking podcast is sullied forever because they quote the star to steer her by thing in this fucking movie. They That's do. That's true. There is a titular line. Uh, I'll admit, I, I did still put forth this title knowing that was going to happen. Well, you are a fucking monster. It's a good line otherwise. I know. It's fine. I just wanted to mention it. I didn't want That's to forget fair. to mention it. I had forgotten happily. They uh, they also reused the fucking footage from the end of four. Yes, it? they did for showing the yeah, yeah. the revealing the Enterprise behind yeah. the Excelsior. Yeah. Mm, well, it was a lazy yeah, film. Let's be honest. Save With money. That this has now been episode fifty four of A Star to Steer Her By. Ooh. Thank you very much for listening. As always, please find and like our Facebook page, Star to Steer Her By. We are on Twitter and Tumblr as SSHB Podcast. Please subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting application. And if you have or use iTunes, do please consider giving us a rating and a review. Next week, we will be wrapping up the original series for all intents and purposes when we hit Star Trek VI: The Undiscovered Country. But we'll see all the cast again, except for Nichelle. Nichelle never comes back? No. Hmm. I think Star Trek VI is the last well, Star think, Trek appearance of Do Michelle. we ever see Chekhov again after this one? He's in Generations. Oh, fuck, yeah. Huh. Good point. Still, we wrap up the interesting story. Well, no. anyway, we mostly wrap the original series next week. For a Stardust to hear her by, this has been Chris. This has been Ames. This has been Caitlin. And this is always Jake. Thank you very much for listening. Be sure to tip your yeoman. Do you think there's a porn parody of twins? The film twins? Yeah. Arnold yeah, yeah. Big, <laughs> big, and Danny DeVito? Yeah, big muscly guy, short stocky guy, and some random porn woman. Have, uh, you could have Ron Jeremy as the Danny DeVito character, yeah. probably. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, you could get the um, the Captain Kirk guy to be the Schwarzenegger one. Captain Kirk guy? Oh, you're talking about from yeah. Pirates? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, They're kissing with their tongues. Let's see how similar you twins really are. There's one way we're alike. <laughs> oh, Yikes. A yes, giant that... penises. Wow. <laughs> yes, that, Your that... Arnold is terrible. <laughs> uh, I mean, but in fairness, like how they... Yawned, we have big giant cocks. Despite all the steroids I have done. You you both have brown eyes. You can show <laughs> me your Damn brown eyes. <laughs> 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 uh, at least we have an opening. I for the love episode. how much you just cracked yourself no. up. I love how much you are losing just, it right now. <laughs> this is true. Here's the thing: Jake doesn't laugh at jokes. Jake only laughs at things he himself has said. <laughs> brown eyes. See, the thing is, the I almost said brown eye when he said brown eyes. I think that was so, so great. Upsetting. No, my favorite was like, like my father ordered a ribeye steak. Once, oh no. And oh, it no. was really bad, so he called it a brown ass. <laughs>
Jesus. I'm dying. Uh, oh, boy. This is a day. Uh, quality happy. asshole jokes. <laughs> in more ways than one. Yeah. As in Jake is an asshole for telling them? Yes. <laughs>